0: and the kids
1: are dismissed revelation chapter 1 verse 5 revelation 1 verse 5 if you don't know what it is it's the last book in the bible revelation 1 5 right in the end Okay. Let's see what the Lord says for us this morning as we read God's Word this morning. And from Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, let me put this away. And from Jesus Christ, who is, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sin in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God, and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen shall we pray Heavenly father thank you lord for the wonderful salvation we have in you and thank you lord that we can open our mouths and sing songs of praises to you and give glory honor to the one who deserves glory and honor i pray father if there's someone here this morning never really truly received jesus as personal savior may today even they're on social media where they are, whatever they're doing, that they will take you serious and make peace with you this morning. Or someone here at church, Lord, may they call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. This morning I want to elaborate on the subject of praise. I think praise is a wonderful word. And we can burst in a song of praise or in a verse of praise, Giving glory to God. And no matter where we are. Do you ever been in the seashore? And walking and suddenly looking at the waves and say, praise the Lord. Ever been there? You ever been in a high peak of a mountain and look at the vest like Mount Washington. And look down in those valleys and say, wow, what a creator. God is good. You know, you know it is many things we can do to say, praise the Lord. He's our great creator. He sustains everything. What about getting up in the morning at some beautiful sunrise and you sipping your coffee, whatever you do, and say, wow, God is good. Or What about a sunset? You know, you go to a place where you know the sun just goes down and you see that beautiful ball of fire going down. I like it to see over the ocean. Literally, you see that line way down the... By the way, the way there's no such thing as a flat earth. Okay? You know? Okay? So that's how far your eyes can see. And then that sun's going down, going down, going down. And you go, praise God. God is good. What about when somebody's singing? And you give the song of praise. What about you hear somebody that got healed from a disease? When we say, praise the Lord. God is good. So today I want to focus on the subject of praise. So one of the greatest joys of the Christian life, I mean, salvation is good, uh, is praising the Lord out of pure joy pure joy. Surely you and I, uh, uh, if you are indeed a Christian, you have a moment in your life, and I believe you did, on which you had joy unspeakable, on which you just want to sing, you want to look up, you want to put your hands up, and you say, God, you're so good to me. Ever been there? Oh, I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've been there many times. You know, on which you just, oh, God, you so good. You know, one day I'm going to see you face-to-face, Lord. I'm looking for that day. See in those moments you have seen the, the 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 weightless and feel ha- uh, like you can fly, can fly sometimes. Our oh, God is so good to us. So I'm not surprised that Elijah was Elijah. I'm sorry, was carried away in a, in a fiery chariot. I have felt like that many times, even though I never flew. You know, I can go up and come down because gravity, <laughs> of course. Let me give you an illustration of a young lady. It was a woman who had lived a terrible. Uh, sinful lifestyle, but she got saved. She accepted Jesus as Savior. She was about 40 years old, and she was very grateful for her salvation. She was very grateful. So this is what she did. She would uh, go to church, and she, the preacher would go on, and the singer would go on. She couldn't continue with herself, and she would, she would go, Praise God! I love you, Lord! And she would just go, burst out on that thing. And she would just, out of her mouth would come that stuff. You know what? But some people in the church didn't really like that. So they went to the deacons. And the deacons went to the pastor. And the pastor got a little touchy about it. So they, what can we do to make this woman to be quiet? No. By the way, you know, you cannot quiet the joy of a heart. You know? But, you know, so they called her. And they talked to her. And say, said, listen, what can we do for you so you can just get a little quiet in church? Then, uh... Then she says, nothing. I don't know what to do. I just feel like I have to say praise the Lord. It just comes out of my heart. But she was a little poor, you know. She lived a a very hard life and and she was in need. So the the deacons decided maybe if we buy her a beautiful new dress, she would just be quiet because she would be looking at her dress instead of trying to say praise the Lord. So they bought a new dress. She went to church. The music went on and mm, she wanted to say something and she Mm, she couldn't so the the reading of god's word went on Mm, she wanted to say something then the preacher began to preach the pastor began to preach and he began to talk about the wonderful salvation that god offers and a wonderful resurrection that we'll have one day and the street of gold and she get up and she said new dress or no new dress praise the lord And she was walk out and she was just like overwhelmed. I'll tell you what. I hope you are overwhelmed sometimes because of the love of God. God loves you. Wow. What a thought. So that was my illustration here. (laughs) Anyway. So sometimes we are filled with praise and we can't contain it. A person told me a while back, preacher, I sometimes just want to shout during the music while you are preaching. I ask, well, why don't you do it? You know, like, praise the Lord. Why not? People say, I don't say amen because what people are going to say? No, I think they probably will say the same thing with you saying amen. You know, some churches, here in New England is like this. Sobering time. Shh. Listen, praise God for His goodness and His love. Praise God for who He is and what He does in our lives. It wasn't a man who was a king of Israel that began to dance and shout to the Lord. Why did he do that? Because he was full of joy. It was somebody that said, how dare you do that? A joy killer? (laughs) So (laughs) there's a lot of joy killers out there. So today I wanted to give you three reasons why we should praise the Lord. Okay, number one. Praise Jesus because He loves you. If that's the only reason. Because He loves you. Look what it says in Revelation 1, five, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and to the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Look what it says. Unto Him that loved us. The disciples whom Jesus loved, John, wrote these words. He points out that to, to all of us that Jesus loves us Unconditionally. You say, but I'm such a bad person. I did so many bad things. How can God love me? I don't know, but He does. But you don't understand. I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this. How can somebody even forgive me? God does. How can He love me? He loves you. But I'm not very lovable. He still loves you. You see, John understood how wonderful it is to be close to Jesus. And we can know that too. He was the only, he was not the one that actually put his head on Jesus' chest. And Jesus allowed that. Imagine imagine, the creator allowed his creation to lean on his chest. What a love. No three aspects of Jesus' love that for the redeemed that will cause his people to praise him. Letter A. It is a present love. John chapter 15 verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that ye love one another. Look what it says, as I have loved you. And John 15, 9 says, 15, uh, chapter 15 verse 9 says, As the Father had loved me, so have I loved you. Look what it says, continue ye in my love. That's love beyond our understanding. He says, as he loved, I said, uh, that you love one another as I loved you. You know what God says to you and me? Love your brother, love your sister, the way I love you. Wow. How much God loves you. He left heaven, he went to Calvary's cross, he shed his blood for you and me. He did all that out of love. Listen, folks, love causes us to do things, love is a thing that causes us to be proactive. And I tell you what, he's demonstrated, he did it for all of us. And he says to you and me, love one another that way, with that intensity. Wow, it's a present love. You see, but pastor, these people in the church are not very lovable. That is true. Some people are not very lovable. And what should I do? I ain't going to love them either. You know what God says? Love them. You say, how can I love them? Love them the way Jesus loves you. It's hard to do. Yeah. But it's what God wants us to do. We are to love them. What about when they offend me? Love them. Wow. I'm preaching to myself this morning. See, it is a present love. Often we are taken back to Calvary when we think of God's love for us in Christ. That He loves us daily. You see, we see clearly at the cross. It's right there. It's demonstrated. If you have a doubt, if you have a think, how much does God love? When you're in the deeps of despair, when you're in the deep valley, you say, how much God loves me? Look at Calvary's cross. Right. Listen, the cross is not just a symbol that we can put on our necks. We can decorate the house. We can do this. Listen, the cross is a, is a place of shame. But it's a place of love as well. Right. It was there that God shed His love for you and me. Is there that He opened His arms and He said, this is how much I love you, this much. See, can you love your brother this much? You see, sometimes we love our brothers and sisters with one finger, with half of our hand, maybe just one arm. And God says, open your arms and love them unconditionally. Love them. Wow. See, it is a present love. Number two, it is a permanent love. Look what it says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in verse 9, uh, John 15:9 says, As the Father Father has loved me, so have I loved you, continue ye in my love. So it's a permanent love. You say, Pastor, all right, so I've done, done wrong. I don't think God loves me anymore. Do not lie to yourself. Where did you find that in the Bible? Boy, but I did this bad, I did this bad, I did this bad. I don't think God loves me anymore. You give me the Bible, You tell, show me what God says there. Everywhere in the Bible you find that He loves me. He loves me. He loves you. No way in the Bible says God says, I don't love you anymore. It's not there. It's just not there. God loves us, you know, permanently. He choose to love us regardless of what we bend, where, we do, where we bend and what we do. He loves us. Will He correct you? Yes, He will. In love, you follow that? He will correct as he corrects his children in love. But he never—you will never stop loving us. That's the love of God. So when I did this thing, I did this thing. God loves you. You online right there. God loves you. I will tell you that God's love is, un- is an unconditional love. God's love is uh, is love that is not taken or leave it type of love. He loves you. With an everlasting love, that is the love of God. No human being can compare or love you like that. First of all, we have flaws and we are sinners. Second, all of us won't won't, won't last forever, but God does. God says like this, Child, I know what you have done. I know where you are, but I love you. Let me give you an example. The prodigal son, what did he do? He asked the father for and his heritage. He took it. He went and did whatever he wanted to do. A young man went there, had all the fun like many people do today. He was out there. And when the money went, so it did the friends. Folks, let me put it like this. Some friends are just for the occasion. When everything goes good, a lot of friends. When everything goes bad, everybody walks away. So he found himself with the pigs. That's what he did. No food to eat with the pigs. And what he thought in my father's house. My father treats people, his servants, better than I've been treated here. I'm going there, I'm gonna just be a servant. When that kid arrived, he did some that father did something that in those days just Jewish people didn't do. He ran to embrace his son. He kissed him. He brought him home. Had a beautiful, wonderful celebration. Of course, there was a critic in the family. We're not going to talk about him. He made a wonderful celebration. You know what? He showed the son that my love for you is unconditioned. I love you regardless of what you banned, regardless what you did. You know, I love you. Listen, don't misunderstand me. We reap the consequences of our choices, and God allows us to go through that. But regardless of that, God loves us. It is a reason for us to praise him, Absolutely. God, listen, Lord, I've, I've had an awful week. i had a hard week. Lord, I come here. I don't know how I'm going to do but I'm going to praise your name today because I know you still love me. Wow. So it is a permanent love. Let me give you an illustration. One little boy did something for which his father strongly objected. His father was not happy with him. It was a little boy. The other boy, the older brother, looked at him and said, you better not do this again, or daddy won't love you no more. The father said, don't you ever say that to your brother. I will always love you boys, no matter what you do. I may correct you, and sometimes punish you, but I will always love both of you. What a statement by a father. Isn't that what God says to us? I will punish you. I will correct you. But listen, I love you. Number three, is it, a, is, it is a plenty, plentiful love. Look what it says in Revelation 1, 5, our text. Unto Him that loved us. God's love is bountiful and the supply never rounds low. John was writing this letter to the Corinthians scattered across Asia and then across the world. Jesus had enough love for each one of them and for all of us today. Listen, God loves them then and loves us today. God's love doesn't run out. He's constantly loving. They say, listen, the world still functions because of His love. We still breathe oxygen because of His love. The universe still going on because of His love. Listen, by the way, what can we do to stop anything? Nothing. We hopeless human beings here. Can you stop the earth from going around? No. Can you stop the sun from coming up? No. Can you stop the snow when it's so? It's going to be a backstorm. We're just going to stop the storm. You can't do anything about it. You know what? God is in control of everything, and while they control everything, He says to you and me, "I love you." He paints the mountains with white snow, and He says, "Look at my glory." He brings the rain so we can have food to eat. You say, oh, I don't like the rain. Yeah, we don't like anything. If it rains, yeah. if it's hot, yeah. if it's cold, ooh, it hurts. You know, I mean, we are complainers. <laughs> but God is good. So His love is plentiful. It's always abundant love with God. God loves us regardless, and His love never runs out. You cannot exhaust the, res- the reservoir of God's love. He has enough love to give each one of his children right now and in the future as well. Number four, let it be, it is a personal love. Verse five, John was in exile in the island of Patmos there. He was exiled there, but God knew where John was and he came to him. John was not separated from God's love no matter how far he might have been or how far he was from civilization, he was, God knew exactly where he was. And let me tell you this morning. Let me tell you this way. God knows exactly where you are. God knows exactly what you're doing. God knows exactly about every problem that you have. And God knows exactly what you're doing. God says, I love you right there where you are. Amen. You know how many people know how many people knows you? Not very many. If you look at the world's population, you say, "Ah, many people don't even know I exist. God knows. But all the human population, God knows exactly who you are, knows your name, and even knows how many ears you have in your head. You're like, wow. Let me give you an illustration. There was this pastor that went to Israel, and he was there on a trip, and he saw... Talking about God's love for sheep. He saw a bunch of sheep together and he noticed there was about four or five different shepherds there, and the sheep were drinking water. And he says, To my amazement, this is what I saw. One one shepherd began to make a call out, and the sheep began to went one way. Then he began another shepherd began to call out, and the other sheep began another way, and the other one was oblivious. And by the end, it says, we're just a group of sheep there. And it was the last shepherd. You see, God loves us so much that He has that special call for us. That's how much He loves us. And we, are, we know His voice. We know when God calling us. This says, God loves us. He's unconditional. Look what it says in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. Amen. They follow me. So number one, we see... Praise Jesus for His love to you. Number two, praise Jesus because we have been set free. So, why should we praise the Lord? We should praise the Lord because He loves us unconditionally. And number two, because I've been set free. Set free from what? From the chains of sin. The cesspools of this world. We're still living here. But let me tell you. The more you live for Jesus, the more you're going to see that this world has nothing to offer us. Amen. That's a wonderful world that God created for us to enjoy. But the system of this world, it is is anti-gods. The wickedness of people is like, oh, but there's a lot of good people out there. Yeah, yeah, but they're lost. Don't you know that hell is full of people with good intentions? They had all the good intentions. You know one thing? They missed God. They conquered the world. Some of them got very rich. You know in the end what happened? They missed God. And Jesus even said, what will we'll accomplish a man if he conquers the whole world and loses his own soul? Amen. What's the accomplishment? Nothing. So, praise Jesus because we've been set free. Romans eight says, There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For in, in verse 2 says, For the love of the Spirit of, lo- of life in Christ Jesus... Had made me free from the law of sin and death. So, why? Listen, if you're a Christian here this morning, listen, God is not going to send you to hell. You are His child. Praise Him. You say, but I did this. What about this? You've been forgiven. You've been forgiven. You say, what about if I continue to send tomorrow as forgiveness and you will forgive you? You see, John provides us with a second reason to praise the Lord. He reminds us that we are, saved, we are saved people. We have been set free from our claims to sin. So it is important for us to remember that sin is not just a stain. It is a chain. People are enslaved by the bounds of sin. Let A, hey, he, is, he, is, he, uh, he free us from the shame of sin. Look what it says in Romans 6.17, But God... God, be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. But ye have, uh, have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was deliver, uh, was deliver you. And verse 18 says, "Being then them made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. You see, people don't understand this. But the people of this world, this is Bible folks. People of this world think, oh, I am free to do what I want. They're not free. They have a master called sin. And they obey their master every day. We have been set free. Those of us who are Christians. But we have a master. His name is Jesus. And he loves us. And he wants us to serve him from our hearts. Say, Lord, I'm serving you because of the gratitude of my heart. Because of what you have done for me. You know how it used to be before I got saved? You know how life was for me? Me, myself, and I. That's the way I didn't care about people, but myself. You see, we were selfish. Oh, absolutely. But this is what God did to me. He set me from the bounds and the cesspools of sin. He took the chains out and He set me free. You know what? Today, I love Jesus. I love to serve Him. I am a servant. I don't come to church to serve. I come to, I mean, to be served. I come to church to serve because He is my Master. See, He set us free from the shame of sin. Listen, folks, we might play with sin, we deal do things with sin, but let me tell you, sin brings us to shame i can tell you that jesus never makes us guilty but, but by a sin that has been forgiven it's forgiven there are two reasons you will you will remember your sin one you want to know that why if my sin has been forgiven why i remember that why it comes to mind let me put it this way you ready one satan will remind you to keep you defeated number two you, will, you may remember the sin because God, uh, because, because God is warning you that you have a weakness in the area on which you keep going to. You might be weak, and God reminds you, "Don't go there because you're going to fall again. You're going to fall again." Let's go. Let it be. He has set us free from the slavery of sin. People don't understand this, but look what it says in John eight thirty four. Jesus said unto them, "Verily, verily, really, or truly, truly, I say unto you." Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, he shall be free indeed. Let me tell you this way. Sin makes us slaves. Sin controls us. Sin masters us. And we find ourselves doing the same thing over and over. The urge to go because, you know, as my master, I must go there. Why do you think a guy goes back to the bottle over and over and over again? No more. I won't drink no more. Next day, car accident. Next day, I don't drink no more. Back in the bottle. I can use all kinds of sin. You know what? Because they are enslaved to sin. Sin have, have, have a grasp on them, and the master said, you must drink. You must do this. And you know what the slave says? Yes, master. Yes, master. Yes, master. Because their mind is enslaved to sin. And how they get out of there? Jesus said, Look what it says in verse uh, 36. If the Sunday therefore, shall make you free, he shall be free indeed. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you don't have to go back to the same thing. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to say no to that. You say, but it's hard. Of course it's hard. Because we have a human tendency that sinful nature wants to go back to the same thing. But we have to kill it to say no more. And we don't go anymore. And by doing that, you begin to experience the love of God in your life. You begin to see the love of God flowing through you. Sin makes you a slave. Sin will control your mind. Sin will master you. When we ask people if they ever received Jesus as personal Savior, men, many of them usually say that they are okay. That they are good people. That they don't need a church or God. But the reality is that, is that the people who speak like that are people who are under the bondage of sin. Sin has mastered their mind. Sin controls them. And sadly, they are too blind to see that the same sin who promised them much pleasure will take them to hell. That's the, the master that they obey. They are heading to destruction And they don't even see it ahead of them. It's like driving in a highway, and it says, Detour, detour, exit, two miles, detour. And we ignore the warnings along the way. And let's say there's no more highway. Maybe the bridge is taken out, and boom, there we go. Listen, God gives every human being warnings. Warnings over and over again. You know what? We can't go to heaven and say, I had never seen it. God says, yes, and God will point it at us. You know what? We the ones, we ignore it. Right. Don't you tell me if you come to a bad curve in the highway, don't tell me there is signs before you get there. Warning. And it even says those signs, you know, the way you're going. You know why? So you slow down. So you don't flip over in the highway. You don't cause an accident. You don't hurt yourself. The warnings are there for us. Why people do flipped over? Why people get into act? Because they're distracted, they ignore the warnings, and when they get there, it's too late. I have a friend of mine when I was a teenager on Turbos Avenue. You know where Tur- Turbos Avenue was. all right. He was coming north, doing ninety some miles an hour. He ignored the warnings. You know where he went on. he went and up on uh, allen 's Avenue. Never make the curve. He was in the hospital for several months. Uh, he glad that I mean i mean i 'm glad that he made it alive. The car was not that good, but that car just tumbled down. you know because he ignored the warnings. you know. Every human being in the face of this earth is loved by God and God warns them out of love He warns them. You know what? They ignore, they ignore until the point of death and they will depart out of this world and they go to the face of God and say, I never heard of you. Wow. I don't think they will say that. Let us see. He was free from sin. I'm sorry. He has free us from the sentence of sin. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. All All means everybody. We like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone our own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. So let me tell you this way, folks. Sin has a terrible consequence associated with it. Sin must be punished because it breaks God's laws. Jesus took our sentence on the the cross and bore our iniquities at Calvary. The senses of death and hell are removed. But let me tell you this. We have to understand this. Jesus wants to save you, but also he wants to guide you. Because how much he loves you. Listen, instead of sitting in the the, the driver's side, put Jesus there and sit in the passenger's side. So Jesus, I've been taking care of my life. You know, I forgot how much you love me from now on. It's all about you, Lord. Control me. Take care of me. Tell me what to do, Lord. And I will do it. Let's go to point number three. Why we should praise the Lord? Praise Jesus because he loves you unconditionally. Number two, we praise him because we've been set free. And number three, why should I praise the Lord? We praise Jesus because he lifted us. Look at verse six of our text. And he made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's a hymn that goes like this From seeking sin, he lifted me. With tender hands, He lifted me from shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise His name. He lifted me. I don't know. I'm out of tune in here. But He, he did that. He lifted me. He made us to be, to be a part of a kingdom of priests. And, and as we told in Revelation chapter 5, this means that we have both a royal nature and a priestly, priestly nature. Kingship and priesthood reside in every believer. Jesus has taken us from the chains and lifted us into heights of glory. I tell you what, we have all the reasons in the world to come to the local church and praise the name of our God. That's why I come to church. I come to church because I want to. I want to encourage my brothers and sisters. Believe me, but I came here. I want to praise the Lord with you, because to Him be the glory. That hey, He lifted us from. To a new power. When Jesus lifted, uh, uh, lifts one up, he lifts up to a new king. And we have a new power. We have a new direction in life. Let me put it this way. People in this world are living aimlessly. Right. You say, whoa, 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 a second? Well, you know, they have good jobs. They have their cars. There's nothing wrong with wealth. Don't get me wrong here. If God blesses you with that, praise him for it. Okay? But I tell you what. In the end of the day, people without God, they aimlessly live aimlessly because they will die, somebody else will take care of everything, and nobody will hear of Him anymore or her, or whatever that person is. But if I live for God, I'm going to appreciate what I have. I'm going to live for Him in. I look at the world's condition totally different. I live my life totally different. Because folks, people live for the here and now. What about tomorrow? Oh, I plan for tomorrow. Yeah, what about eternity? Do you plan for eternity? He lived to us to a new power. Number one, the power over self. He gave you a spirit so you can have power over yourself and say, I'm going to die to myself. I have the power to, have, to live this new Christian life and to have, listen to this, victory. I'll praise His name, you know why? Because He gave me victory, what I used to be. I don't want to be that person anymore. God loves me and I want to live for Him because I know I'm loved by Him. A power over society. You must not depend upon the world to give you a sense of worth. Some people, they live for what people think of me, what people think of me, what people think of me, and they feed on that. And when people think different, the way they don't like it, they get upset. They, 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 they struggle. Let me tell you, I want to know what God thinks of me. Forget about what people think of me. Power over society. You know what society wants to do? is to press you, to mold you, to make you think like they do. That's the world. It wants to do that to you. And God says, get that way out of your mind. I want to put good things in your mind because I love you. What about what God thinks of us? Let it be. Lift us to a new position. We are priests in God. If you are a a saved person here, you have a new meaning for living. So you, people say, "I'm a Christian now. So w- what am I doing now?" That's a wonderful question. I got saved. I, you know, I get baptized. And what I do now? You get. You want to know what you what we should do after that? You become a servant of the Lord. And we just serve God. And he will, he will give us joy to serve Him. You know there's joy in serving Jesus. There is joy in serving Jesus. I don't know about you, but it's with me. There's joy in serving. I've been doing this for 20 some years. I tell you what, I love serving my Savior. I do. He lifts us to a new position. You see, But that does mean that when God declares us to be priests, as an entrance to God, He he lifts us, let let me say let it, number two, an exaltation before God. Number three, exhibit for God. I tell you what, here's something right here. It is wonderful to praise the name of the Lord. It is wonderful to come to God's house and say, glory to Him. All right. You remember when you got saved? What were you doing before you got saved? You're grateful that somebody led you to the Lord? Isn't that a wonderful thing just to say, let me praise God's, God's Word today or God's name today. You see, but Pastor, I can't go to church all the time because my life is so busy. How can I praise Him? Listen, praise Him in your home. Praise Him in your job. Praise Him in your car. Praise Him walking in the street. He said, "But I only have to go to church." No, 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 you, we praising Him on the Lord wherever we go. He's worthy of our praise. He said, "What are people going to think? You want to know the answer? Who cares? Right. That's American speaking, right? Who cares? Yeah. God be the glory. So yes. you at work and you, 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 God, the Lord just put the song in your mouth and he was like, "Oh there's people over here. Sing it out. They sing their music. Why don't you sing yours? Isn't that true? They're bursting out singing their music. You go, what in the world are you listening to? You know, it happens many times. I don't even understand the words. What is that? You know what? We sing it to the Lord. You say, well, I have one time one guy said to me, oh, he passes by me and I, I listen. I had my music just for me, nice and quietly. And then blasting the music on the other side. He passes by me and goes, you know, there's not church here today. I look at him and I said, oh, really? <laughs> what do you mean not church here today? This music doesn't fit here. What a motivation. I didn't try to be mean to the person, but I like, I began to sing louder than the, on the radio itself. You know, I was, I was, pray, I was content praising the Lord. You know what? I didn't do that on a spite or being mean, but is in your heart. You know, like the world sings the songs of the world, so we sing the songs of Zion. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good music out there. What I'm trying to say is we have many reasons to praise our God. Many reasons. Our health, our friends our families, our local church, our salvation, the people. And we have so many reasons to say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you. We can say all day, thank you, Lord, for this and this and this. You know what? And to Him be the glory. You know, we're not perfect. And many churches do it differently. But I tell you what. When we meet together here, I want to praise God. Amen. I want to praise God. And to Him be the glory because we're here for the audience of one. Right. To God be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love that is unconditioned. Help us, Lord, to praise you. Not just in the local church, Lord, but outside the church. In our cars, in, in our homes, in our backyards. Lord, in our bedrooms, whatever we are, when that thought comes to mind, may we open our mouths and our hearts and mind and, and praise your name with the lips that you give us. Lord, I pray for, Lord, if it's someone online today that is struggling or someone here who is struggling, may they keep in mind that God loves them. If they're saved, they are loved by you. Lord, if someone that's not saved, may today may understand that God loves them regardless of where they are and what they're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. We have a song of invitation this morning. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. You know, I love this song, and I, I mentioned this many times. Amazing Grace was written by John Newton. John Newton was a slave trade way back in the days. And John Newton um, got caught in a big storm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And he knew he was going to go down with the boat. And he called upon God to save his soul. And he became a great advocate towards slavery, to toward banish slavery, I'm sorry. And the song, of course, became, or today, one of the most popular songs amongst Christian, or Christians, Amazing Grace. It is an amazing grace that we are saved. Let's sing Amazing Grace. Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost Sherry, you could continue. This is Sherry. She's gonna come, she's coming today for membership in our church. She received Jesus.